Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise. To contact us, call us at 208-331-4096. That number again is 208-331-4096. Now here's Joel Van Hoogen. The life of holiness is a life enjoying and reflecting God's moral majesty, and that is not possible unless God is pouring His life into you and you are actively embracing that life. And Christian, the only way to live that kind of life is through simple, faith-filled obedience. You want to grow as a Christian? You want to be more Christ-like? You want to be more God-like? That's what holiness is. You want it, but for God to bring this holy power and express this holy power through your life, there must be something more than wishing or wanting or desiring that has to be determining And there has to be doing, there has to be acting, there has to be obeying. This is what God is moving us towards. The pathway to receiving the holy life of God flowing through you in ever-expanding depths is in a faith that surrenders fully and obeys God's will and God's word. It's not simply in knowing God's will. It's not simply in wanting God's will. It's not simply in gaining more information and desiring more information. It's simply in this. It's doing God's will in doing it I want you to notice something here by the way I have not said that obedience is holiness holiness as we've said belongs to God alone obedience is the submissive hand that takes hold in faith to the holiness of God the person who obeys and thinks as they're obeying and following some prescribed note of God's command in scripture and thinks there I was holy There, I've performed my moral behavior and I've done the right thing and I've put myself in the right state of mind and the right attitude and I've done it for the last two days or I've done it for the last day or I did it in this moment and there, that was my holy act. I'm being holy. That person is only laboring in their own flesh. They are only acting out in order to assert their own self-dignity and worth before God. They're only making a profession of their own self-righteousness. But the person or individual who goes into obedience because they desire to live and move and have their being in the holiness that belongs to God alone and that God offers them and God would pour out on them in their obedience, that person presents that humble, submissive spirit before God that God can abide in and God expresses himself through. This is what Jesus says in John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Your obedience is an act of pursuing the holiness of God and experiencing your life. God, I have it not in myself. I seek not to project it on others. I'm not making my life some sermon that I want to preach to others in order to correct their ways. God, I'm submitting, I'm yielding to you, I'm obeying you because I want your holiness. I want to live in it. I want to know you in your holiness. I want to be a channel and a vessel through which you send forth your holiness to your glory and honor. I was saved for this. This is all that heaven will be. This is heaven on earth. I submit to you. What does that mean practically for your life? Well, it means that you're to give up at once whatever you know is against the will of God. It means at once you're to do exactly what it is that He's asking you. 
You don't just seek after God in your prayers or in your thoughts. You don't just seek for a place for God to exalt himself in fine and noble ambitions or goals or desires, but you seek a place for God to come and exalt himself in your obedience, in your action. Yes, you want to think the right things, and yes, you want to pray the right things, but ultimately you've got to act. You've got to do it. You've got to do the thing. You've got to say the thing. You've got to do what he's asking of you. Jesus showed us an example of this by his own life. Here is the Holy Son of God coming and taking on human flesh. And he shows us the way in which we encounter and know and experience God. And it's in our surrendered obedience to God. Jesus said of himself that my food is to do the will of the Father. He said, as the Father gives me commandment, even so I do. And there was a determined expression here. He said, I have come, O God, to do your will. In John chapter 8, verse 29, Jesus boasted this, The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please Him. God comes to us in our obedience. God expresses His holy life in us and through us in this kind of submissive, active, expressive obedience. So the Father came to the Son in His obedience. So the Father comes to us. And Jesus presses us into this path of holiness for he said, whoever does the will of God, whoever does the will of God is my brother. Yes, I want more instruction. I want to learn more. I want to discover more. I want to read my, the Bible. I want to read a good book that kind of helps me understand how to put it into action or shows me some slant on the truth that I haven't acquired before. I want more learning. I want more experiences of God's blessing in my life. I want more of the reality of what God has revealed himself to be to be expressed in my day-to-day living. But here's what God wants. He wants more obedience. He wants you to obey him. And to that obedience, he promises he will bring more light. So in John 7, 17, Jesus says, if anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine whether it is from God or whether I speak of my own authority. In other words, what he's saying is if you obey me, I'll make more and more things clear to you. And you'll understand as you grow in obedience more and more about me and my power and my authority and my teaching. You'll discover me and you'll understand me as you give yourself to my commandments. And, and that's, by the way, when Jesus commanded us to go and make disciples, he said we were to go and we were to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and we were to teach them to obey all that he has commanded us. And it was in the response of teaching people to do what Jesus said, that Jesus said, and I'll be with you always, even to the end of the earth. You want Jesus, you need Jesus, you long for Jesus, obey Jesus. And he'll give you what you need. Let's ask one last question. How does this life of holiness grow? How does this life of holiness grow? There are a couple passages that we read from Corinthians and Thessalonians. One spoke of perfecting holiness, and the other one spoke of God, the God of peace, sanctifying us holy. 2 Corinthians 7.1 says we are to perfect holiness in the fear of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 prays that the God of peace would sanctify us completely. There's a hint for us here. How does this life of holiness grow? It grows like this, gradually, gradually, sometimes in spurts, but gradually. God saves you, you're his child, 
a holy child of the new birth. You're already called a saint. You're already called a holy one. But what he has given you must be developed and grow. His life in you and for you must rise in its, its expansive powers and it doesn't happen overnight. It's a continuum. It goes on over time. Gradually, from one act of obedience to the next, from one act of faithful, submissive, God-seeking obedience, God-pleasing obedience to the next, you grow in holiness. Why is it gradual? Why doesn't God just, to some extent, allow us to experience the full blast of His holiness in one moment? Well, because God's holiness is too much to take in all at once. It's enjoyed best as it comes to be savored through a series of acts of willing, surrendered service to His will and for His namesake. God wants us to enjoy Him one morsel at a time of surrendered obedience to Him. Here's another reason. Because God's holiness is God Himself. It's His face turning towards us. It's living before His presence and Him expressing His presence in our life. God wants us to love Him. And love must be a choice. But love is not just a choice. It's a series of choices. I made a choice to marry my wife. And on one occasion we stood 35 years ago before a pastor as we made our vows to one another and we proclaimed and expressed our vows to one another and actually before we made those vows we made a choice to go to that place and love to one another and then after that we went into this official setting and we pledged to love one another and when it was done I didn't say now I'm done I don't have to love my wife I've made my choice and that's done it's finished it's what it did was it opened up to my life a series of choices was I gonna love her the next day and the next day, and the next day, and it opened up for her even more series of choices. It wasn't hard for me to make the choice. She had to make more choices. The other day I told my wife, you know, some people have noble marriages and some people just have good marriages. I think that we have a good marriage but not a noble marriage. She said, what's the difference? I said, well, you know, noble marriage is when you've got people who are just raw and they're difficult to live with and you've got to constantly kind of surrender yourself to be responsive and love towards the other individual and they work at it over a period of time but they stay devoted to one another and it's hard work and at the end of that marriage you look at it and say you know there was something noble about that they hung in there they stuck together but you know for others it's just they go together so well and they enjoy each other so well and their lives are so perfectly suited for one another that they just have a good marriage but they they never get to the point of being noble because it really wasn't that difficult and you know I've had a good marriage she said, what makes you think I haven't had a noble marriage? <laughs> okay. <laughs> love is a choice. But love is a series of choices. It's a choice that leads us week by week, day by day, moment by moment to give ourselves up for the advantage of the other person and for the delight of the other person and in surrender to the other person. And God has called us to a relationship. And God wants us to love Him. And God wants us to love Him in these choices and these purposes for our lives. 
And so God leads us daily into a life of holiness so that each day, moment by moment, we may choose Him. We may choose to surrender to Him and obey Him so that we would know Him and enjoy Him and express Him to others. Why else? Are there any other reasons why this life of holiness and this life of sanctification comes gradually to us? Well, yes, there are other reasons. Because we're not always willing to receive or seek His holiness. I say this to our own shame as a confounding contradiction of all that we proclaim to be true of Jesus Christ and all that we proclaim to be true of what He's given us because it it does not make sense. But the flesh is so potently resistant to the good that is God. And all I can say is this. Every day not spent seeking to grow in and glow out the holiness of God in your life is a wasted day and a lost opportunity. So let's obey. Let's do it. Let's surrender to His will for the right reason not to trump somebody else, not to claim that in that act we have achieved our holiness, but that our wills may claim His will so that we might share His holiness and He might pour His holiness out upon us so we would grow to know Him better and enjoy Him more. Thanks for listening to The Bread of Life. To learn more about our work here and around the world and to give your support, go to breadoflifeboise.org or cpeonline.org. Until our next time together, May God bless you.